0: have thought it who would have thought that toothpaste toothpaste has anything to do with weather welcome to what is it about the weather a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives i'm your host mark jolanik and this week we are going to talk exactly about that toothpaste weather let you ponder on that for a second and before we get there the other spring arriving this weekend it may not be when you're listening to this podcast but spring you know not my spring the other spring that sun-based rotation thing that you know equinox that we like to call spring has arrived which i know a lot of other people use as their definition of spring so you don't have an excuse anymore in the u.s we've done daylight savings time you know now that we have a a bill that's been introduced to eliminate it. I'm fine for that. I think we should all be on UTC time. That would throw everybody off. Maybe we should all have instantaneous time. That would be a little difficult to work with. But it is that season. That season where I get to see weather forecasts that include blizzards and tornadoes all in the same forecast. And yes, I've I've been watching that this past week. And I'm sure for the next couple of weeks. Because you know we're in that transitional time, right? We tend to go from... One extreme to the other. I've done the same here. I almost, almost literally turned on the air conditioning yesterday, which is usually I can, in the New York area, I can often get away with not doing it until June, but it was really close because it was hot and muggy and before the the clouds kicked in and the rain came. So we had this thing, a front came through, delivered some rain it was originally supposed to be kind of rainy all day. And actually, this fits well to the forecast we're going to be talking about today. That forecast fits into the topic. But it ended up being sunny, and then, you know, but it was muggy, and so it got hot, and the sun was, you know, I've told you before, got this kind of greenhouse effect going, and so I was just, ugh. So I went to the store and, you know, got out, got in the car with, oh, I guess I did cheat. The car probably turned on the air conditioning just to keep it at a temperature. But in any case, those just... Ups and downs, right? And I have no doubt that I'll see snow here again before it's, the season's over. I mean, I can't say that definitively, but it's likely it gets more snow. But other places are kicking into, you know, full on severe weather season and all that kind of stuff. And I know, depends where you are on the globe and stuff. That's what's going on around me. I, I hope wherever you are, it's kind of an enjoyable time. I, you know, people like spring and the rebirth. What I don't like about it's the pollen. Right, the kind of the chaos it brings with stuff everywhere in the air, if you will. But everybody has their favorite seasons, and hopefully this is a good one for you if you're in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, I know where falls creeping in and soon it'll be winter. But again, I hope that's a season you like. In any case, let me know. Let me know how your seasons are going, how your weather's going, how your weather-related world's going, what is about the weather at gmail.com. Of course you can find me on Twitter. What is about the weather there or mark underscore gelonic either way I've not been as active this spring i've had a lot of stuff going on work-wise it's kind of had my brain all wrapped up if you will a lot of analysis a lot of looking in the code you know you 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 don't get results that you're necessarily maybe you want to see or expect to see and so you have this tendency to go in and go did i do something wrong right did i mess something up or is the data just that's what it's telling you, right? And so my brain's been in a lot of individual lines of code and it hadn't done as much of that in a while. So it's been a little bit of a transition back to that. Any case, let me know. I'd love to know how your how your spring or fall season is going, wherever you might be. And for those of you that are interested, as we reach the two hundred episode of What Is It About The Weather, you can support the podcast if you'd like at patreon.com slash weather. It's really simple. You just sign up, throw in a little bit of coinage here or there, support the podcast. Again, my goal has never been to really make money on this podcast. It's just been to keep things going and cover the cost, and we do that generally speaking, but every little bit helps. So thank you if you consider that. All right, let's get to the main topic. We're going to talk about toothpaste, and you're going to go, why in the world are we talking about toothpaste? And there's a couple of things that really kind of caught my mind recently. And one was an article actually that I even captured this week because this forecast I was telling you about, it was going to rain Saturday. I made plans based on the fact that it was going to rain, had all this stuff going on. And it just didn't unfold that way. And the forecast from multiple sources, right? Not just one model, multiple models had this rain, not all day, but on and off and a high enough percentage where... It impacted what I decided to do on which day. It wasn't so much that it changed the overall plan, but it's like, okay, we'll do this this day and this the other day, right? And I get up and it's like, the forecast has completely changed. There's no sign of rain anywhere. Yes, we're gonna get the second batch, but kind of in between the first and the second It went to none in sunny skies as opposed to overcast with kind of drizzly, it was never going to be a big heavy rain, but stuff that would keep you indoor or maybe make you want to do your taxes instead of being outside sort of thing. So it kind of planned around that. And it really got me to thinking about these other forecasts we see from time to time, right, that I've talked about and I've talked about the dangers of them, even these big Things we see of a blizzard coming or a a hurricane making landfall potentially in two weeks, right? Are things really far out in the timeline? And I always warn about the dangers of getting set on that. And generally talk about the shorter time period, the more likely it is the forecast is going to be okay. And that is usually the case. It doesn't always pan out, right? And that's the reminder that that's the case. But again, back to what in the world does this have to do with toothpaste and what got me there? And this article I saw was one of those about things you can't unsee, right? I, I don't. I, I probably started with a tweet of, "Oh, can't unsee that." You, you've heard that phrase before, right? Some um, it can be it can be really funny, it can be horrific, right? Some image in your head that's really just hard to let go of and can be with you for the rest of your life, right? Certain things that we can't unsee, and I do think that those forecast are part of that. But it got in the article got in the whole brain science. And and it was one of those ones that I really like where it has those pictures that are two things, right? That it's the it's the rabbit or the duck. It's the it's the old woman or the young woman. It's which way are the triangles pointing? Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's got some good examples of there. Of those things that we see from time to time that maybe at first you don't see it and someone tells you what it is and then you can't ever not see that thing in there, right? Once your brain is hardwired, if you will, towards that, we can't get rid of it. And this probably has to do with the way we make decisions. And the article talks about it a little bit, but we we want to create order, right? We don't want to have just chaos out there. Our brain wants to help us get somewhere. And those dramatic forecasts probably help towards that because they actually give your mind something that's action-oriented. Oh, I've got a big blizzard coming. I got to stock up or I've got a hurricane coming. I got a I plan to, to go, right? But the challenge is with those forecasts that, and it, same with those pictures, is we use our biases and our convictions that we've developed over time to feed us to the final decision and it's the same with those two pictures you know picture that can be one thing or the other and how it can be still even once we know that can be one or the other how we have a hard time seeing the second one right or undoing it and that is the danger with these forecasts if you will so once you see this oh apocalyptic (laughs) that's easy for someone else to say apocalyptic forecast we have a difficult time removing it from our brain so imagine if you will we're, we're trying to create order all right but just maybe just maybe what we should be doing is forcing ourselves not to do that take it as an information point but don't let it be the end-all be-all and I, I do think that over time we tend not to do that. But it, you know, sometimes you get in your head and you hear it's coming and you start telling other people it's coming and everybody starts planning and then you get closer to time and you go, ah, it's no big deal. And that can be dangerous too because it can teach us that those forecasts, and this is the whole crying wolf thing, if we see them again and again, we can't rely on them or believe them. And we should always remember it's just one data point. It was just one model run, if you will. But there's so many things in life that that impacts what we do, right? Our decision processes are often based on who gets there first, who gives us what piece of information. Again, it either, maybe it confirms what we already believe. So we latch on to it, whether it's true or not. And as we, you know, I'm not going to get into whether it's, whether it's politics or everyday life or whatever it is. We, we've seen a lot of this under unfolding in modern times, particularly with social media, because stuff's out there and it gets in our brain and it can be good or bad. I, I'm not trying to pass judgment here. But somebody can say something, and you just take it as it is, right? And if you have certain biases or convictions, your brain's going to say that's that's accurate, that's not accurate, no matter whether it is or not. We just tend to do that. But let's talk a little bit about a topic I want to introduce. Yeah, we're going to go a little sciencey today, not too sciency. This a thing called entropy. All right. And entropy, think of it like an arrow in time, right? Entropy just basically tells you that you know a contained system and you can call the universe a contained system a contained system is going to get more chaotic, more random, more uncertain the further out in time you go. Now I first really kind of learned about this formally in in my meteorological studies and it all has to do with the second law of thermodynamics, right, which truly states that this given this isolated system that entropy if you will is going to increase over time but there's a lot of things in our lives that convey this message to us and toothpaste in a tube invented back in the late 1800s is one example and you've heard it before you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube toothpaste in a cap tube before you open it it's nice it's contained it's there it's not going anywhere so entropy can stay at state that's the ideal situation but it's not going to decrease over time but you know a tube of toothpaste capped and everything it's pretty pretty unchaotic right but as soon as you start squirting it out it's all over the place right but as i mentioned we see it with other things in other phrases we use pandora's box i mean you can go on and on and that doesn't mean that chaos has to increase indefinitely. And, and there are ways to think about that as well. Okay. So imagine the seasons. We just talked about pollen season, spring season, but spring, it's this kind of birthing of, of new life each year. In the summer, everything's growing, right? And in some places, if it's unkept, it just gets out of, out of hand. Fall comes and things you know start to die down. And then winter comes and everything dies off and it starts all over again so that system if you will the seasonal system gets more chaotic but then you have this stopgap to make sure it doesn't go on endlessly right and our lives are the same way you're born from this little you know combination of cells and forever you get more chaotic. We all do because we have more information ports, points, more life experiences. All these things add to the chaos that is our lives. Now we can do things to bring that into check, shred a bunch of documents, sell everything. It doesn't necessarily solve the problem for our brain, but it, it does maybe give us few a few less things around us that are creating that chaotic state. So there are things that we can do to keep our entropy, if you will, from getting out of hand, right? And you can reverse entropy. I mean, I'll give you an example. So if you look at going back to the thermodynamics and just apply it to water, right? Good old simple H2O. Water is at its most chaotic when it's in its vapor form, all right? H2O is, so it's not water at that point. And it's because of the way the molecules can move so freely, and it can be out there, and then it becomes condensed, becomes a cloud, and then it turns back into water, and it's a little less chaotic. It's held in those, it's held in bubbles that are in a more confined space, and then when it becomes frozen and ice, all the molecules line up a certain way. Everything is just pristine and, and a lot less chaotic. Okay, so entropy with external inputs can be reduced and that's why we're talking about isolated systems and it doesn't you know it's a little different so it's no longer isolated when we were cooling that water and changing its phase back to a solid form and and that gets to my thing about life and and if you think about it how we deal with it from a weather standpoint so if you think about weather forecasting the whole idea of the limits that we have With forecasting weather. Entropy is a key piece of that. All right. And it really gets back to all these natural systems becoming a little more chaotic over time. But they come into check, if you will. So a storm system develops, but it doesn't stay endlessly, right? Eventually it dies out. And it can be for a variety of reasons. A tropical cyclone moves out of the tropics into an environment that doesn't feed it anymore, right? The, the water temperatures aren't as, as warm or the way the, the air works in the atmosphere vertically shifts from being you know able to develop a tower to it shears off the tops and, and doesn't allow it to reform in the same way. And that's why we have different weather systems in the mid-latitudes than we do near the tropics, all right? But what's interesting is it's not just the entropy in the natural world that impacts our weather forecast. There's a second thing called, it's called Shannon's entropy. It does have a name. I, I put a link in the show notes if you want to read about it. That gets in the idea of data and the lack of information we have and how that causes randomness or chaos. You know, we get into chaos theory and all that stuff like, you know, in Jurassic Park stuff. So it's more than just the natural systems. It's based on the information, whether it's our understanding or the amount of data points all right that we have to clearly define something right and so if we can't clearly define it we have to make summaries or ran you know we got to round things off or things like that i was one of the things i've been dealing with is you get these rounding errors that when you look at a latitude and longitude point if you're at only one decimal point that can be you know, very meaningful if you can go out to multiple digits as to where something's located at a given period of time. So both of those things really apply to our ability to take a weather forecast and create it. And, you know, we've got, and I've talked about this before, we've kind of got this short range weather forecast. We've got more things that are based on the way the ocean behaves. You know, it's at a lower frequency and you can't, that's how we do these El Nino, La Nina forecast, right? And It's our understanding still that kind of limits it because what happens over time is the models that predict these things, they kind of want to go back. We say going back to climatology, and that's not exactly what's going on, but it kind of is. It's the same thing with that two-week weather forecast is you get enough different possible outcomes that the dispersion is so large that the average is somewhere near, well, what the averages are for this time of year. And that's why the further out you go, the harder it is to pinpoint a specific forecast except for certain events that tend to last longer or have a certain structure to them that can transcend if you will that window and tropical cyclones are an example of that I still wouldn't look at a two-week tropical cyclone forecast and go aha that's where it's going to be but it's easier for a model to hold on to that if it that tropical cyclone stays in place because it has a certain level of organization that is going to withstand the normal limits of that model in terms of how far out you might be able to look, right? But entropy does not have to be a bad thing, right? It, it While it creates the uncertainty, and, and it's the same thing. It could be tomorrow. It could be, and this is that Shannon's entropy talks about it. It could be sunny or rainy. Those are your two outcomes, right? But you don't know the percentages around that. And it's certainly much more informational if 99.99% of the chances are sunny versus that 0.01% chance that's rain. It's easier to plan, right? Versus a 50-50. Because if you look at it's either going to do this or that, that's where you start. And so it's that information that fills in the gaps. But even with the entropy... We can leverage it, and I, I'm going to put a little link in the show notes, I'm going to get, not going to get into the details, where they've used entropy to potentially predict further out because they look at how structured the data is to say, actually, we can see beyond some of the typical barriers that we run into with prediction. But don't think about it just with weather. Think about it, A, know that things have entropy and that naturally it's going to increase over time. And that's all the more reason that you shouldn't look at anything and say, aha, that's definitive. Unless it's something right upon you. I don't care whether you're trading stocks, playing with crypto, planning a vacation, trying to understand where the world's going to be in 10 years when we look at all the chaos that's going on around us. right? But also use that to break down your biases and your preconceived notions or at least use it to question them from time to time so that you don't, when you see that forecast, go, oh, cool. It may snow like crazy in two weeks. Something to, you know, throw in the back burner, but certainly don't make a decision based on it today. Any case, hope this has all helped. Why in the world a simple invention putting toothpaste in a tube has anything to do with the weather. So the next time, the next time you go to brush your teeth, just remember, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.